You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey guys, welcome to another Stag Sports Network podcast as we are now at the end of the championship season in the MAC. And well, that means it's baseball because we've hit Memorial Day weekend. Fairfield, once again, the regular season champions, and that means they're going to be the number one seed in the conference tournament. They get things going starting on Thursday. Team that their opponent will be is going to be decided, but you can watch them starting at 11 a.m. If you want to head out to Pomona, New York at Clover Stadium, that's where you can go. If not, you can watch all those games on ESPN+. Plus. Myself, J.J. Duke, will be with you guys on Friday and Saturday for that, and hopefully I get to call more than one game. Though if it is one, then that would be the championship, and that would be you know, everything hunky-dory, but you know what? Well, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend of baseball, and joining me now are two members of the Fairfield baseball team, Mike Bichetti and Jake Noviello. Boys, it seems like uh, it's almost kind of expected that we see Fairfield one of the top teams in the league, but uh, Mike, i got to ask you first, does it feel like a little unfinished business after not having the uh, chance to take home the trophy last year? Yeah, so uh, I think a week ago, the Mac posted Ryder dogpiling on our field, and that kind of just went electric in the locker room and just felt like, all right, now we're going. Like, yep. just after that post was, we're, we're there. We're ready, to, we're ready to take on anybody. It's kind of the crazy thing, right? Because people that know Fairfield baseball, especially from last year, know about the ride, know about the streak, know about winning two games in the regional. But they kind of seem to forget the fact that if it wasn't for actually – the miss in that championship game, that whole thing wouldn't have even, maybe not even happened. But is it something that you guys set out at the beginning of the season and say, yeah, obviously now you can't get an AQ or can't get the at large. You need the AQ to get there. So is it one of those things that you just now need to get, you know, yeah. rectify it? I think last year after the run, when we were 28 and 0, it's like we were getting all this national credit and stuff. But kind of, I wouldn't say we forgot about the Mac, but we were just looking ahead so much. And everything kind of just dwindled after the first game that we lost. And this year, it's like we're winning the MAC. That's it. Yep. That's it's simple. Like we know we're not going to get a regional bid because we're. I mean, we played a little bit tougher schedule this year, but um, yeah, we're just we're looking to win the MAC. That was that was our goal from the start of the season. That's it. Not like not looking ahead at all. Yeah, simplistic, right? Yeah. Keep it keep it straightforward. Jake, I talk with um your coach at the beginning of the year about how Mike said the schedule was mm -hmm. probably for a lot of people looking at it saying, okay, it's a lot of schools that, you know, good programs that, you know, is what it is. But that was probably one of the toughest non-conference schedules, at least the first 17 games all mm -hmm. down South. I could even remember of recent memory, but you guys were down there. How much did you guys learn about who yourselves were and how much that, last year was last year and this team has its own identity yeah i mean i think it's really important um to play those games at the beginning of the year uh you know we go down to kennesaw and that's a top team in the a sun this year and uh florida gulf coast is also uh, one of the top teams in the a sun so uh, i think it's important to challenge yourself and we got beat up and uh we got embarrassed and uh kind of woke us up a little bit that you know last year was last year and this year is completely different um, but I think that's why we're having so so much success now. It's because we had adversity at the beginning of the year, and now um, you know we know what it's like to be down and to fight back and claw back. And we didn't really have that last year because we didn't um, we weren't really stressed all that much. You know, having that run and 
really only losing one game in the season. So, um, you know, I like our chances this year, and I think we've built kind of a callus to adversity and uh, that comes from Coach Courier's schedule. I think also you talk about how last year had its own identity of that the fact that you kind of knew going in, and this is what the greatest respect to all the opponents that you played, that mm-hmm. you, the confidence was over the moon to the fact that you knew that you're going to win as long as you took the field. But this year it almost seems like this group is almost just as close, if not any closer, and I think you touch on the adversity a little bit of some tough results. You had some injuries, the classic next man up mentality, but mm-hmm. it looks like you guys really enjoy working with each other, and that that's not always something that you get with every team. Yeah, I think it's definitely the adversity that's helped, um, but I think it's also the culture that we've kind of built here uh, that Coach Curry has instilled in us, and when I was a freshman, I was brought into it, and it's something that was super important for me, you know, being a senior this year. Uh, and even Mike has bought in, you know, being a junior, being an older guy in the team that we try and portray on the guys. And, um, you know, once we're done here, we hope that the freshmen, uh, you know, when they're older and more mature on the team, they uh, put that on the younger guys and just a cycle. And, um, you know, it's it's helped us a lot and it's really worked out for our program. Talking about this season a little bit, Mike, and I think it has to be said first off, well done on getting all conference accolades. Thank you. The only guy on this team to have started every game that was played. And, you know, you look at the college baseball schedule, it's the weekend games. You have those midweeks in there. You're still playing five games a week. That's not easy to survive three plus months of the season. So what was the kind of the main testament to you to be still standing here and saying, yeah, I might be banged up a little bit, but pencil me in the lineup. Yeah. Um, Well, for me this year, I I put in the work this off season. I mean, I worked out. I was home, went to my gym, and went straight to the facility to hit and stuff every day. And I could testify that to my success this year. I, I mean, I took this year personal. I wanted to come back. I I thought I did pretty well last year, considering it was my first season. But I thought I could do a lot better. And I knew after the season ended and after summer ball exactly what I needed to work on. When it, whether it's my hitting, fielding, throwing. Um, but yeah, I could I could testify the hard work that I put in this winter to my success this year. Most definitely. Um, also, as a collective offensively, I mean, it's been a blast just to watch the blasts that have come. <laughs> yeah. And the stat that I thought was really interesting um, as a collective, the team just in league play alone have hit 51 homers in 23 conference games. It was 32 in the regular season last year. I mean, you're seeing the same pitching for the most part, a couple of different characters, but what what's changed? What's gotten into this group? Um, I honestly am not sure. I mean, we are just barreling baseballs. It is like, it's scary. When a ball like hits like and it's going out, it's not like it's just like scraping out, you know? It's like, Zafino hits one, it's like, oh my God, my neck just broke and it's already out. And mm-hmm. it's like a second out of the, out of the park and then... I mean, Caruso putting one over the tree, like, it's just, I don't know, I, I, we've all worked so hard this winter, and everyone's gotten so much stronger, and I think baseball is starting to change a little bit, like, worldwide between home runs and strikeouts going up, but, yeah, I mean, our team is just blasting home runs. I mean, Jake, for you, it's got to be so much easier knowing that you're going to get not Jordan Montgomery levels of run support of one or two per game. You're getting nine yeah, <laughs> at yeah. minimum when you're going out there. That's got to, not just for you, but the rest of the staff, knowing that I just have to go out there and execute a game plan and everything's going to be all right. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, it's definitely really nice as a pitcher knowing that uh, you can make a mistake here or there, and uh, one swing of the bat by these guys can really change a game. So, uh, you know, for us, we're just trying to get them on the sticks as often as possible and as quickly as possible, and 
Uh, I think lately, um, you know, since we've come back up north, uh, we've had, you know, some highs and done really well with that. And we've also, you know, not done so well, but these guys have bailed us out a ton. So uh, definitely a ton of credit to them. Well, there was one day, and you knew we were going to talk about this, that you didn't have to worry about the offense. It was that fateful day on April 24th. It was not Beanie Baby Day for, well, I believe it was David Cohn who had his. It was just a regular Sunday, but you had yeah. the perfect game yeah. against St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. What worked? I mean, what, did you know kind of coming in that, yeah, this could be a little bit of a different day? Uh, no, no, because um, I think, you know, for the year I've had, it's been very up and down. Um, and I struggled a ton at the beginning of the year. And uh, I've worked really hard to, you know, kind of hit my stride like I did last year. And I think that was just the day that everything came together. And, um, you know, they blasted 17 runs the day before. So I know. Uh, eight, oh, yeah, St. Peter's 17. Yeah. Um, but our guys scored 18. So I knew obviously we were going to score runs and it was just about, uh, kind of limiting on their end. And, um, you know, Mikey and coach T called a great game and I didn't shake off once that day. Uh, Mikey, I'd shake and he'd put the same pitch down again. And I was like, all right, you know, let's throw it with conviction. And, uh, everything kind of worked out in my favor. It's a little bit of an interesting one coming into this past weekend where you guys knew that. You had to win three games against Siena to get the one seed. At minimum, it was going to be the number two seed if there was any losses in there. But, Mike, was it nice knowing that you didn't have to worry about anything elsewhere? Because, Mar- for those that were curious, Maris were sitting. They yeah. had the bye weekend. So, if you won three, you're going to be the one. If you don't, okay, no big deal. Just go again with the number two seed. But mm-hmm. does that kind of change the mentality? Um, I think being the number one seed, you have that chip on your shoulder, which is good and bad at the same time because teams want to knock you down. And but at the same time, this um, our mentality this year from the start of the season was no one's beating us in the in this MAC tournament. I mean, going last year and losing that first game, it was demoralizing after winning twenty eight games and then coming in losing that first game and having to claw our way back. Like Jake said, like this year is just gonna be different. I mean, we, we. It, I honestly think it didn't matter what seed you put us, as long as we were in the tournament. It's, it's really not going to matter. I mean, it's got to feel nice though when you put up what was it, 19 in the last game. I'm trying to do the mental math in my head, but I can't even do math that fast. <laughs> Runs of nine, fifteen, and 19 against Siena. I know, obviously, it was a different scenario for them because they saw their season come to an end in terms of trying to get postseason. But like you were saying, sometimes the next snapping so fast the ball's going out it's it's not like just the homers but it's just the fact that you're seeing ball hit ball it's a simple mentality um you guys obviously played at the ballpark that you're playing at this weekend in Pomona that's also kind of a unique bit we'll get to that in a second but do you feel confident knowing that the way that the bats are being swung right now and you had success earlier on the season at Manhattan at Pomona that you will probably replicate that here yeah I was actually just thinking about this the this week and we swung the bats really well there, and the wind, it, with the wind blowing out there and the weather this weekend, it's going to be similar to when we played. I mean, the bats are going to be alive. I guarantee you that for sure. Jake, when we talk about this ballpark coming in, for those that are a little unfamiliar, it's a independent league stadium or MLB partner league with the New York New York Boulders, but it's got some quirks to it. you got the short really short porch and right but you've got big walls across the majority of the rest of the ballpark for Mm -hmm. you now having experienced pitch on that mound once before yeah what do you do to kind of say okay i've been here this is what worked this is what didn't what do i need to adapt yeah i think uh you know one thing stepping on the mound is definitely different uh standing and seeing a whole stadium around you instead of just 
you know, if you're at Quinnipiac and there's no stands behind the behind the home plate. So uh, I think the sight adjustment is important when you're throwing. And uh, I think just, you know, it's it's going to be a big game, high-pressure situations. I think it's just sticking to your guns and what's worked well for you all year and uh, making adjustments when you need it. Um, but, you know, as a pitcher, we've talked about it. Our fielding's been fantastic, uh, and we're swinging the bats like crazy. So we've kind of got a uh, next-man-up mentality, and, I'm going to do my job, and uh, when my job is done, uh, handing the ball off and uh, having someone else go out and make those adjustments and, and pitch for us. So uh, just going in with a ton of confidence, I think, is really key. I know that a lot of people talk about vis- visualization. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a big part in just the mental game for athletics now. Do both of you guys, and I'll let whoever wants to answer this question, do you guys picture yourself holding that championship trophy on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it is, and going back to the regional? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I actually, the this isn't personally me, but on the team, uh, Paul Catalano, before the Siena series, um, he was it was like 7.30 at night, and we're, I'm driving by, and he's just crisscrossed in center field, just visualizing himself doing good things on the field. And I think that's a big thing if you want to do well, is you have to see yourself doing it first. I love that. Love yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, you definitely have to see yourself winning it and see these positive things. And, uh, I think, you know, there's been a ton of studies on it, but the more you do that and the more you think positively rather than negatively, uh, you're, you're going to see results you want. Definitely. Guys, uh, wish you guys all the success in the world. I know we're going to have a fun week coming up as we're recording this right now. It's on Tuesday, so you guys travel tomorrow. Um, what kind of goes into this? Are you going to be doing a little bit of prep? I know we've, we as Fairfield have seen the majority of the teams haven't seen Canisius on the field yet. That could be an opponent down the stretch, but um, what's going to be the next 24 to 48 hours looking like, Jake? Yeah, I think uh, for me personally, it's getting our throwing in, uh, getting the workouts in that you need, and uh, just kind of getting yourself ready. Uh, We're staying up there in Panoma, so we won't have a ton of distractions here on campus. Uh, Can kind of focus in, and I think you know every day we're going to go and go to the ballpark and watch our opponents and kind of see you know things that they do and uh, things that we match up well against, and uh, just really lock in. It's a super important time for us. Um, and you know, even though we're the one seed, we're not getting a ton of respect, uh, in the conference and from people that are covering it. So, uh, we definitely noticed that and, uh, definitely has given us a chip on our shoulder. And, uh, you know, even though we're the one seed, we still feel like an underdog and still have a ton to prove. So, uh, that gives us a ton of confidence going in. Uh, mental warfare is always the best thing, right? <laughs> Guys, all the best. Looking forward to seeing y'all in a few days time. Thanks, JJ. Thanks, JJ. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Stag Sports Network podcast series. Again, if you want to stay involved and keep track how things are going out in Pomona, go to fairfieldstags.com for all your stats, news, and notes at uh, stags underscore base on social media. That's where everything's going to be going up to the mid, including updates for times of future games. Like I said, the first game for Fairfield will be Thursday, May 26th at 11 a.m., but then as tournament things happen, there could be some changes in there, or it could be status quo. You play at 11 a.m., 11 a.m., and 12 p.m. on Saturday. So we'll see how it goes. But, yes, thanks again for always tuning in here on the Stag Sports Network. I'm J.J. Duke signing off, and we'll talk to you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.